0: Yo, 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 what's good, everybody? So, as promised, I know I did not record a Saturday episode. Saturday was obviously Christmas. Uh, Friday was Christmas Eve. I hope you guys uh, enjoyed. You guys' uh, family and uh, holiday break and so forth. I know some people are still on winter break. And uh, I just hope you guys had a wonderful Christmas. I did. So, obviously, I've been telling you guys over the last couple weeks, I've been diving into some NBA content as well, but... You know, we're we're about to finish out the NFL season. We're going into the latter part, the last two weeks of the regular season, heading into playoff football. I'm very, very excited. And uh, I I just thought, you know, next couple weeks, I need to bring some people on. We need to get some playoff takes. I need to bring some familiar, you know, or I should say faces, but familiar voices onto the podcast. Um, And this is a quite familiar one. Like I tell you guys all the time, I listen to their show. I listen to their podcast. Really good podcast i listen these guys they they have great content they switch it up nba but it doesn't matter they 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 really tackle everything a lot uh and i have one member one host one co-host of the m and r show ron who's a familiar uh familiar friend of the pod so uh, i would like you know just introducing ron you guys pretty much if you're a regular listener you know who ron is but he hasn't been on in a while, so I let him reintroduce himself to you guys.
1: Yeah, for sure, definitely. Thanks for having me on again. I'm a co-host of the MNR Show or at Malcolm Ron Show on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, yeah, like Isaiah said, we do a lot of football, basketball content. I'm a big college football guy as well, so we try to sprinkle that in there every once in a while. A little boxing, and we actually have a live Space show coming in the next two weeks. We're gonna be start doing like a live show on Twitter Spaces. Uh, in the next two weeks, so man, definitely make sure to follow us on there to look out for that.
0: Yes, I I, I enjoy you guys' Twitter content, the Instagram content. I love it. Um, and uh, you guys do some you you guys do some integral things like for the pre draft process and so forth. Uh, so yeah, so I'm a, I, like always. I'm gonna leave the links in the, the description. So you guys can go follow that, subscribe to their YouTube channel, follow their their respective Twitter and Instagram pages and so forth. There's a lot of good content there. Uh, And like I said, I wouldn't be bringing them like I bring them on quite, quite, you know, a few times already. So, like I said, NFL playoffs is around the corner. Last two weeks of the regular season. Uh I figured you guys kind of already got my stance on what I feel about a lot of these teams. Um and I just thought it would be good and refreshing to bring on a new voice and some fresh opinions on these particular teams. Now, as Nevron, as we you know wind down the regular season, I don't know I I, I don't know about everybody else, but from the looks of it, my 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 predictions coming into the season about playoff teams and who would be in the playoffs, it's quite on point. And there's there's really no surprises, really. I mean, Cincinnati may be better than a lot, but maybe better than what a lot of people thought. Uh, there's a couple other teams that's in the hunt that could be potential wild card teams that we that that, you know, turned out to be better than what we thought. But for the most part, we have familiar faces in the playoffs. Now let's start with the AFC, uh, obviously, and I'm going to run down. I'm sure you probably have it in front of you, but I'm going to run down the uh, the playoff seeding as of right now. Uh, and we have Kansas City at the number one seed at 11-4. Uh, Tennessee is number two at 10-5. and five. Cincinnati is the three seed at 9-6. and six. Buffalo has retaken the fourth spot. Uh they sit at number four, first in the AFC East. Uh then at the the first wild card spot Indianapolis, at the sixth seed, New England Patriots, and then the final seventh spot, the Miami Dolphins got to the seventh spot. Miami
1: Miami was one and seven. They are eight and seven now. Eight and
0: seven. Now tell me this. Okay. Uh we can first start off with this. Who's your favorite? in the AFC right now?
1: I think it has to be Kansas City, which is crazy because we started off this season saying Mahomes was in a slump, Andy Reid lost it. This is why Eric Bidemi doesn't have a head coaching job. They were killing this team. This team is a top five scoring defense. Like, the defense has been really, really good. I'm not gonna lie, it surprised me. The offensive line has been really good for Kansas City. They also have a number four scoring offense. They're second in passing yards per game. They're, they're, they're the number one team in third down conversion rate. So like Kansas City, I think has to be the favorite in the AFC. And we've seen what they do in the playoffs every year. Even just a team that if they get down 14 points, we're like, okay, when are they gonna come back? Like you don't even get nervous watching this team in a playoff game. So it's just gonna be, I think they have to be considered the favorites until someone proves out uh, the AFC that they've done enough for us to crown them. Okay. This is the new favorite.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I absolutely agree. Uh, And it was crazy. Like um, two months ago, people were saying Kansas City wasn't going to make the playoffs. Now, (laughs) like that's crazy. Now they're back at the number one spot. And I think I found the interesting stat this morning. Uh, Over the last two Novembers and Decembers, they are 22-0. So, and usually, remember, yeah, like, and remember, Andy Reed had the stigma of uh last year or well over the course of his career he had the stigma of being like a September coach like he's good his yeah. teams are really good in this, in September but as the months wind down and as it gets colder his teams don't they're not as good well that's the mirror opposite with this Kansas City team and you talked about it defensively i think the big thing defensively that was the big change and you know the 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 the, the position change with uh, Chris Jones going back to D tackle. Um, I think was just huge. Um, I think he's proven to be the second best D tackle. Like it's Aaron Donald, Chris Jones, and then everybody else. Like Chris Jones is that dominant of a force up front, and it's just had a it's just had a trickle down effect with this defense where they've been able to they've they've suddenly been able to turn over teams. They they score. Um and now offensively, you know Mahomes is clicking at the right moment. So I agree. I think Kansas City is definitely the team to beat. Now, here's here's where it's interesting because the wild card teams: Indianapolis, they've won eight, they won eight out of the last ten. Uh, New England, they have dropped the last two, but they went on a, a pretty good stretch. Uh, prior yeah. to that. Um, and now you you mentioned the Dolphins, where they have won. Granted, the opponents they have played throughout this stretch haven't been the greatest, but they are on a seven game win streak. And I'm looking at, I'm looking also in the hunt. Uh, the Chargers are very much in play. I'm really high on the Chargers, my listeners know that. Um, and the Raiders are very much in play. Baltimore, you know, you get the gist, yeah. These wildcard teams that we have right now—do they, do they, do they? Are this the set wildcard teams? Do they, like, do all three of these teams make the playoffs?
1: I think Miami is the interesting one. They have a very hard last two games. They play the Titans in Tennessee, and then they play New England. They already beat New England once, so now we have to assume they sweep New England. So. Uh, it's just I don't think I think they might lose out. Actually, I think they might go eight and nine, which is crazy if they started off so good. Mm-hmm. Um, two has actually played really good over the stretch. I think him and Mac Jones have proven they're very similar guys. Like and they're just they're winners with a lower ceiling but extremely high floor guys. So I think they lose the last two games. And I think the Chargers getting there, but a wrench in that is the Colts are 9 and six. They're claiming that Carlton Wentz might miss the game this week because he's got he's got put on the COVID list. Yep. But now that the CDC has made um, with the new COVID rules, even though he's unvaccinated, they're saying if he's only a close contact, it'd just be it'd only be five days. So since he was a Monday, um, since he got COVID on Monday, he might be able to play Sunday. That is a really big what if because if Sam Ellinger is the quarterback, I think they lose the game. Right. So it's just like it's – That can really put a a funk on it. But regardless, I think the Dolphins are going to lose out. I don't think they beat Tennessee. I don't think they beat New England. So I think either the – I think the Chargers are probably the team that's going to get in there. I was looking at Baltimore, but Lamar, they just have too many injuries. They play the Rams next. Right. So it's like I think it's going to be the Chargers that are going to get in there. Now, I think the Chargers do play – denver and the raiders which aren't the easiest matches in their divisional matches but i think they can get a win in both games so the Chargers are my team i think it's gonna sneak in that seventh seed.
0: yeah um i you know people know my listeners know i'm high on justin herbert and i'm high on the chargers uh the secondary did not come to play at all they haven't came to play the last couple weeks the secondary has let the chargers down they've let them their offense down and uh that's that's just been, you know, they've dropped the last two games. So I do agree the Chargers will sneak into there. I have an interesting take on Tua where Miami, we all know Brian Flores. I think he's the needle in the hay. I often call him the needle in the haystack with the with the Belichick coaching tree because the Belichick coaching tree has been so bad historically, but he's the needle in the haystack where like He's yeah. the one, he might actually be the one good coach to come, that comes out of the Belichick coaching tree. Um, Miami dominant defensively. They had a dominant showing versus Miami. I mean, versus the Saints on Monday Night Football. Granted, the Saints were missing a lot of guys on both sides. With Tua, they had one, and granted, like I said, the Saints, pretty good defense, but they were still missing some guys. Tua had one scoring possession versus New Orleans. And I I think you can win games with Tua, but winning games, being able to win games with a quarterback and calling a guy a franchise quarterback, I feel like it's two different things. And I feel like that's the slippery slope for Tua. And to your point, I think these next two games could really as crazy as it sounds because he has played well throughout this seven-game win streak. Um, you know, he, he, the, the exception of the last two weeks haven't been phenomenal. But throughout the course of the seven-game win streak, he's been playing well. But if he doesn't finish off the job, his his future in Miami could look really dim because I think then that's where the Deshaun Watson or the Russell Wilson, whatever, whatever quarterback, star-studded quarterback that could potentially be on the market this offseason, Tua could get replaced by one of those guys. Um, yeah. I think that's – yeah, I, Yeah, go ahead.
1: Yeah, I mean, I was thinking – I mean, I'm, I have a similar thought because they were trying to get Deshaun Watson. Tua was still there. He's been the same guy. Um, it's just really interesting because it's like like you were saying, like the Dolphins are built just like New England. Yeah. Good defense. Two and Matt Jones, both Alabama QBs, both the same mold. People are way higher on Mac than Tua, but when you really look at it, they're really similar. Like, I mean, maybe you can say Mac has been better because he has been. But overall, it's like, I made probably like a list of quarterbacks. They're not, the, the gap isn't humongous and they're both winners. You know you can win games. They're Teddy Bridgewater. I think they're better than that. Yeah. But that's the lane. Alex Smith is probably a better one because Alex Smith was just a winner when he played. Yeah. Especially throughout the three He was a good quarterback. Pro Bowl caliber, not all pro caliber. So... Uh, it's just, I think they're that similar mold and I think you can win. And we also see that Tua has found a weapon in Jalen Wild that they're really connecting. Just like Hurts has found Devontae Smith. They're both Alabama QB, Alabama wide receiver, and they both have that connection. Like, they both, I think Wilder's had a way better rookie season than people thought. Yeah. especially he coming off an injury. Yeah. He's proven, okay, this is why the Dolphins traded up for this kid. Because not only is he not just a Deshaun jackson s player, He's becoming like oh he's like Tyreek Hill he's in a slot. he's catching ten passes a game some games yeah this I mean be- just oh, let me catch a forty yard bomb he can do that but he can he can he can do other things too that's the, I think that's what makes so that pairing might keep Tua there because they're like oh maybe you see Burrow you see Jamar Chase you see Hurts you see Devontae Smith you see Tua you see Jalen Waddle so you might they might be trying to make that connection stay frivolous
0: yeah I, I agree and with Mac Jones and the Patriots. You know, I think a lot of people saw them as potential like, oh, this team could be really dangerous in the postseason. And I I still think they could make some noise in the postseason. But to your point, I think Mac Jones and the Patriots and the Dolphins are built very similarly. And I don't think there's no coincidence that, you know, they're built similarly. And Brian Flores comes from like, I don't think all like all of these similarities and comparisons. There's no like there's no coincidence. Uh, I think New England might be a little, I think New England is better than Miami. Yeah. Um, if I had to pick a, you know, if I had to pick one who would win in a game, I would probably go with New England. Uh, Cause I think New England in a couple of weeks will probably beat Miami, but um, New England, they uh, like they're, as far as their chances in you know, going in deep into the postseason, they have to play a certain type of way in order to win games. And, it's kind of weird how they play, and not not weird, but like it. Ha- they can't they can't have a lot of mistakes. They can't have a lot of miscues. Uh, their their win their their margin for error is smaller than other teams. Like I've seen the Rams play this past weekend, and Matthew Stafford was atrocious. He was a, like for the most part, he was atrocious versus the Vikings. He had three picks, uh, nearly almost gave away the game, but the Rams are so talented that the Rams were able to overcome it, and they and they won the game. Well, New England last two weeks, last two losses, it, it's been it's been very similar where Mac Jones turned over the ball a couple times, they fell behind, and then when you got when you're playing up when you're playing against a dynamic quarterback and a dynamic offense like Buffalo, where they're moving the ball, Josh Allen played the game of his life. Uh, I think that's where New England, they can't play from behind. That's my point. They can't play from behind. It's, it has to be ball control, no penalties, not you know, got to cut down the turnovers. It has to be a certain type of style that they have to play to win. Um, so I don't know how that fares going into the playoffs. But and speaking of Buffalo, I know a lot of people – you know, have been up and down on Buffalo, and Buffalo had they've had a tumultuous year. Give me your take on Buffalo. How dangerous are they in the playoffs?
1: Yeah, Buffalo is really hard to like to talk about because, like you said, they've had just really bad games. But then I look at it; it's like they're still number one in point differential in yeah. the NFL. Mm. Number one, that is like a very key stat. All five teams, the top five in point differential, are all contenders. It's not a coincidence. they're and they're number one in that, right. Now it's it, I don't know that I mean, I heard a lot of people saying like they're just they're a, a very explosive team. They're not that good at running the ball, but to be honest, the other we said we talked about the chiefs being in favorite, either are they. Mm-hmm. So I mean, you have the New Englands and the the Colts that are good running teams, but they to me, at least aren't the top two teams. So I seem to have the bills as the number one contender to the chiefs in the AFC. I think they give them the most problems. They can do similar things, and Josh Allen is a hard person to plan for because he might just be the most accurate QB with the biggest arm one week, and he could also be a dual threat. So it's just like he's very hard to, to plan for. Um, they also are number three in just point scored. Uh, they, they've they done – the defense has been really good too. Now they have beaten up with some bad quarterbacks. But the defense has just been really good. They've been getting after the quarterback, they've been getting a lot of interceptions. I think they have the best safety tandem with Hoyer mm-hmm. and Micah High in the NFL. Like there's two Pro Bowl caliber safeties. Like that's really rare in today's NFL. I think that's what's been helping cover up their cornerback play. Because yeah. Tredavious White, season. the corners are weak and I think they can be beat. But when you have a safety that can play his role, you can help cover that up. So I think they give them the biggest threat. I don't think they will win. But I think they'll give him the biggest, um, the biggest go as a number one contender in the AFC. Now, people will say that the Colts did beat this team. Is so why aren't the Colts the biggest uh threat to the Chiefs? But I just still think that the Bills just have more of a matchup problem with the Chiefs. I like think can cause problems in that way.
0: Yeah, I agree. Um, somebody asked me who's the biggest, uh like who's basically like you said, who's the biggest biggest contender um or opponent to the Chiefs? And I said the Bills. Um they've literally they've literally constructed their roster around beating Kansas city. You know, they've added more nickel corners. They added more playmakers on offense, Emmanuel Sanders, you know, so like they've constructed their roster and they have let us known that for, you know, since they've lost last year, that they're going to construct their roster to beat Kansas city. So I agree. I think Buffalo, despite their flaws, uh, you mentioned the key stat, the fact that they're still number 1 in point differential says a lot. And it says yeah, they may not be able to run the ball and be the best ball control team and they're not going to always win time of possession, but when it's time to throw out a knockout punch or when it's time to make big plays, when it's time to score put points on the board, they can do that. And that's and that's the one thing I think that keeps Buffalo with, like in this thing. Um, I I thought they were way too talented to miss the playoffs and with Josh Allen, you know, I, I told you this uh, a couple, not too long ago, but I think he's literally, I figured him out. I think he's our generation's Brett Favre, uh, explosive playmaker. He has a lively arm and people, I think people romanticize about his arm and the talent that he has. And he makes some great plays like new England, that new England game. Where, like, he had some throws where it was just incredible. There yeah. were just some – he, he threw some dots. But then he has some of these bonehead plays. He takes bad sacks. He throws picks at times. So it's just weird. But I think you got to take the good with the bad with him. But as you said, I think looking at what they have on both sides of the ball – And you mentioned it with the two safeties, Poyer and Micah Hyde. They cover up a lot of the secondary flaws. And I like, I somewhat like the pass rush that they have added. I don't know if they have beat Kansas City, but I think they do pose the most problems due to what they can do on offense. Um, Now, give me, because you you had an interesting take with Cincinnati uh, and Joe Burrow. And as I said, uh, they've probably been the most surprising team in the AFC, like as we look at the playoff picture. Give me your take on Cincinnati. Like, how did it, where did this come from? Is it, is it due to their division being not as good as we thought it would be? Or is Cincinnati – do Cincinnati really have something rolling and brewing here in the next coming years?
1: I was really surprised at Cincinnati this year. I did not think they would be – first, the division wasn't supposed to be a bad division. Right. It was still not a bad division. This is the only division that's like – every team is like seven wins. Like, your floor is a seven-win team. Like, that's, that's still a pretty good division. It's so, like, injuries, though, in, in the division. I think with them, the defense is just still not there yet. And they just – they're still a young team. Like, Joe Burrow is 25. Joe Mixon is 25. Uh, I think what is, um, Jamar Chase is like 21. Yeah. And T is 22. So these are are your building blocks. They're all under 25 years of age. The offensive line, Jonah Williams has been good. The other pieces have been okay. So they're still building that unit. But I think what's surprising me is how good the offense has been this fast. Joe Burrow, truthfully, this is only like his, what's probably like, he's probably not even had 25 starts yet. He's not had 25 starts yet. Like, this is even, this is even though this is the second season, he got hurt in his first season. Right. So, for him, he's the number one rated quarterback by pro football focus, by the way. He's a, he has a number one passing grade. Insane for a second year guy. So, he's just played that well. And the thing about him that I like, this is why the Herbert versus Burrow debate has been going is that even though Herbert has the arm, Burrow actually takes the shots more often at least. Yes, that the craziest thing ever because Herbert can make that throw easily and he makes it all the time. But Burrow and Chase have some type of chemistry where I don't care if he thinks uh, Jamar is double covered or T Higgins, we saw last week, he threw a jump ball T Higgins in the middle of the field, T Higgins comes down with it. I'm like, oh yeah, Burrow and these guys, these are his guys. Like he has a lot of faith in his team. And I think Burrow is underrated about him is that he's a leader on the team. And we saw LSU. LSU had had that talent for years. But they had that one guy coming there that was a leader and it was accurate. The Bengals have had talent, a lot of talent for years. Yes. But they could never figure it out. They got a guy that was accurate, that was a leader. And it's worked immediately. So it's just like he's a huge factor in that. And I think that's why he's a top 10 quarterback. I know we'll get into that later. But I think that's why he's been these top ten to me this year. He's had a, a crazy year. I think he does lead the league in interceptions, though.
0: Mm, yeah, so, so close to it. right. Yeah. So with <laughs> with his risk taking and deep ball throwing, yeah. it, it does come with the turnovers, right? But I mean, as yeah. you said, he he's a very accurate. That's what I liked about him at LSU. He was mm. a he was a precise and really good deep ball thrower i think he leads the league in touch and deep and deep touchdown passes with 16 yeah, plus yards. Yeah. yeah yeah and i think the second closest is 11 so like that <laughs> that shows you the gap and the disparity there where you made a great point about herbert herbert has the talent and he sometimes showcases burrow doesn't burrow has a good arm but he he don't have like a Herbert or he, – he's not like a – he don't have a cannon like Herbert yeah. or Josh Allen, but he slings it out there. Jamar Chase obviously obviously has become one of the more b- better okay. deep threats as a rookie, as a 21-year-old. Um, but I do agree with you. I do I, – I think they're a couple years away. I think they're, you know, a couple more pieces yeah. um, on their defense away. Could they win a playoff game this year? Mm, maybe, depending on the matchup, depending on where it is, Maybe. But I don't. I, but I, I do think if they're a really interesting team, um, and you threw out some great numbers there with Joe Burrow, uh, leading the way, and um, I think, I think this is a good moment to go ahead and go to the NFC. Uh, I know the NFC is very compelling, and unlike the AFC, I think there's a couple of teams, a few teams that you could name and, le- and like give a legitimate argument for being the best or the you know the team the the you know the team to beat right or the favorite yeah who's your favorite or the team to beat in the NFC as of right now?
1: You know I was not high on this team in the beginning. Well I think the Packers have to be considered the favorite. Mm-hmm. For one, they're just number one seed. They're yeah. gonna get the bye. Winning in Lambeau, not easy at all. Like, literally, it's not been done often, and it's very hard to win there. You also, to me, right now, have the number one quarterback in the NFL and the current MVP favorite. Yep. So you have the guy playing the – you got you have the MVP. I think Demonte Adams is also the best receiver in the NFL, too. So you have the MVP at quarterback. You have the number one receiver, and the defense has played really good without a lot of key pieces. Now, what's scary is that Bakhtiari has been a week away for about three months now. Jair Alexander has been a week away, about two months now. <laughs> so somebody's lying and the saying these guys are coming back. They do need these. Guys. They've been winning, and I but in the playoffs, you need you just need talented players. These guys, I'm so I'm scared at that. But overall, they've had a really good season. They've only lost three games. They have the best record in the, in the NFL. They're eight and two in the conference. But it's crazy though, because if you look at like their stats, they're only 13th in you know points per game. They're 13th in points allowed per game. Like that's pretty average. Yeah. They're like I think they're like 12th in like point differential. So like they've won a lot of close games, like the Bengals game. I thought they should have lost mm. the game. Last week they should have probably lost that one. They mm. like against the Browns. So that's the only thing that scares me about them. But it's just like we know Aaron Rodgers is clutch. So like if it comes down to especially as a Cowboys fan, I I definitely understand that somehow that play <laughs> just magically happened. So I think they have to be their favorite as long as they're the one seed. Because just winning in Green Bay is, at Lambo is dang near impossible.
0: Okay. I, and I agree. Um, I thought you brought up at the near end, I thought you brought up something really intriguing. Yeah. And if I'm a Packers, a Packers fan, a little bit concerning. And, and yeah. I agree. Like I said, I think they are the favorites. Uh, on my top ten list that I do on a weekly basis, they have been number one over the past, like, yeah. at least month, at least. So, yes, yeah. I agree. But you mentioned it. They win a lot, and it's nothing wrong with it, but it is a bit of a red flag, I must say, right, where they win a lot of close games, and a lot of games that they have won this year they shouldn't have. And, and you you pointed to that Cleveland game. I, re- I vividly remember that Cincinnati game where Cincinnati – they blew so many chances to win that game. Both teams did. But, oh, yeah. y- y- you know, but Cleveland, the most recent game, Cleveland, that the fact that they were able, the Packers were able to generate four interceptions and only won by two points, you would think four interceptions at home, Rogers, Devontae Adams' connection can't be stopped. You would have thought, oh, yeah, Cleveland got boat race. Nah, they had a, they had a chance to win the game at the end. And Baker just, you know, Baker does what Baker does. Yeah. But um,
1: yeah, at the end, like it was the the last pick. I mean, you could say, I mean, okay, we're being, you know, nitpicky, but like right. it was the PI. Everyone, no one's going to deny it was the PI. Yeah, they, they said oh, the refs are not going to call that. I'm like, yeah, it was yeah. If it was a lot of teams I could think of, they that would have been called. But Green Bay and Green Bay, you know, I get how that goes. So it's crazy. Like you said they could have they could have literally lost the game.
0: Yeah, and, and we get how that goes too with the. The referee and uh you know the the catch. I, I'm still on that. Like that was a catch. But leave it here or there. Green Bay, uh <laughs> I think Green Bay it, also you can run the football on this team. Uh you can you can run the football on this team. You know, the Rams it looks possibly they might get Cam Akers back, um, which is which is crazy to me. But they, they may hate him back. Obviously, the Cowboys sitting at the number two seed. Um, they they have, We already know that they have a pretty good rushing attack when their offensive line is upright and healthy. Um, and I'm just going to real quick, before we dive any more deeper and any deeper into this NFC playoff picture, I'm going to give the, out, the outlook uh, on the playoff picture. So, obviously, the Packers are at number one. Ah, uh, the Cowboys are sitting at the number two seed at eleven and four. The Rams are also at eleven and four at three seed. The Buccaneers are are at the four seed. The Cardinals are at five. The 49ers are at six, and the Philadelphia Philadelphia uh, Eagles are at seven. Now, tell me, ah, uh, your wild card teams are these? The like I said, five Arizona, San Francisco at six, Philly at seven. Do you think these are the wild card teams in the NFC? Uh,
1: it's uh, it's, it's hard because Philly is a Philly's a hard one, and I figured I think I was watching something that San Francisco, that San Francisco doesn't have the tiebreaker in any of these. Mm-hmm. Even if San Francisco wins out, it's it's just, it's just it's gonna be tough. But I think I think San Francisco and Arizona get there. Well, Arizona's a lot. they've already made the playoffs, right? So San Francisco and Philly And Minnesota, those are like the three I'm like, "Mm, who gets in there Philly play. Okay, so this week Philly plays The Washington football team, a team they've already Beat, I think they can get another Way, I think they they can sweep the team I wouldn't be surprised if they somehow just lost the game But I think they can, I think they win That game, but then they play Dallas Which is hard because Dallas is looking for the One seed, and Somehow Green Bay loses to the Vikings Which I don't think they will, but Again, we've seen Green Bay this year. You never know. Then Dallas is literally playing for the one seed that game. They're not trying to lose that game. Right. So it's going to be tough. But if if Dallas knows that they're sitting their starter because the two seed or the three seed is locked in, then Philly gets the win and then they have to play Dallas again in the playoffs. So it's just a, it's a weird. It's just really weird. Now I think San Francisco gets in there. They even though they've been Jimmy G supposedly has broken finger, but they played at Texas this week. I, it, no way there's no way the Texans upset another team I have to say they'll they'll win the game then they play the Rams so that's that's gonna be a hard game but I think they'll be hungrier than the Rams I think they can get that win I really do if they if they're hungry enough and if Jimmy G just if Jimmy G sells this and he uh, he can't get these two wins his career in San Francisco is just not looking promising it's at all and so I think at the NFC wild card I think that's what it will look like now could the Rams and Arizona flip again? Possible. It depends on how much the Rams lose or you know went out. But I think those three teams are 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 there. I'm trying to really think Minnesota and Atlanta. I just don't believe in Atlanta, New Orleans, or Minnesota. Um, I hope Minnesota beats the Green Bay this week. You know, for as a Cowboys fan, so I'm gonna hope that happens. But realistically, I don't think it will.
0: Yeah, I agree. Uh I think these would be the two wild card teams. Uh similar to Cincinnati. I've been a bit surprised by Philly. I thought Philly would be one of those teams that would be, you know, lingering at the bottom uh because, you know, first year coach. I just didn't I just didn't see it, but Philly, they've surprised me. They have an identity. Um, Jalen Hurts is playing, you know, playing well, still have some accuracy issues here and there, but he's playing yeah. well. Uh, they're rolling, they have an like I said, they have an identity. They're one of the best rushing attacks in football. Um, it's yeah. quite interesting because the 49ers, you mentioned it. The the way how this thing is set up, if if Philly wins out and if minnesota if the, if the minnesota vikings went out that puts the 49ers in a weird predicament because they can still win out and they can still miss the playoffs um and it's just weird uh, so and i so i agree with that i'm not gonna uh hold you too long on that who's the yeah. biggest threat to the backers
1: I actually have a surprise team. And, well, I mean, it's not a surprise for me because the Dallas Cowboys. Right. I have them at. I mean, it's not a surprise maybe to the fans, but a surprise to me. Uh, so I think the reason why, I mean, the Cowboys, we talk about the Bills being first appointed so The Cowboys are second. Right. In the NFL, they have the best conference record out of any conference. They are nine and one in the conference. That is the best. No no team in the AFC is nine and one in their conference, and no team in the NFC is nine and one in their conference. It's really it's a really big accomplishment. I mean, you can say that they've played the best teams in the NFC, which is true. But regardless, nine and one year conference is still nine and one year conference. Right. Um. The defense has been really good. They're the number seven scoring defense, and they're, they're the number one scoring offense. So you have the number one offense and a number seven defense. The rushing attack, like you said, has been iffy, but the numbers are still good. Um. I think the team is really. I think the team's really good. Now it's it's just getting past the Bucks is going to be. Is, is hard because the Bucs are really close. and Rams are really good as well. It's just the NFC. But it's really based on like matchups and when when do the Cowboys play that team? Is it going to be a home game? Is it, is it an away game? I think the Cowboys hopefully will stay a top two seat and that will give them a home game until they have to go to Green Bay. So I think that makes them the biggest threat to Green Bay. Also, like you say, Green Bay was allowing nine yards a carry against Nick Chubb and the boys last week and Dearness Johnson last week. Tony Pollard and Zeke I think can do not that but something similar yeah. and I hopefully just you know if God allows Tyron Smith will be in the game he will be playing. <laughs> and it's crazy the difference that he makes it, 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 on the offensive line and I think the Cowboys are starting to get a role and even though they played a hurt Washington team sometimes you need that type of game no matter who you're playing just to get on track. So I think hopefully the Cowboys will win out because they, they they win against the Cardinals this week, and they win against the Philly in the last week, and hopefully they can get some mojo going and get an easy win in the wild card, and then they'll face either the Bucks or the Rams, and hopefully get a win. And then I think they'll be the a pretty th- a big threat to the Green Bay Packers, and it's gonna be crazy because you know Mike McCarthy is the coach that does Cowboys. <laughs> so if anybody can win in Lambeau Field, it can be the guy that's done it. What he's what I think he won like 80 plus games in Lambo over his time there, yeah. So it, it's gonna be a crazy story. I would, that's gonna be the, the, the greatest storyline, maybe in the last 10 years. If and that'd be like if Brady played New England in the Super Bowl, like yeah. it's that type of storyline. So I think the Cowboys are the biggest threat,
0: yeah. You know, people people be like, Oh, they're just for Cowboy fans, no, 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 no. Like I, I really truly think, and I and I just don't say this about. I just don't say this likely about the Cowboys. Like they really are, truly are the biggest threat to the. I feel like to the Packers or to whoever the, you know your favorite is in NFC. I think so. You look at the talent. Like it, it, it amazes me the talent that they have on both sides. And you know, offensively, I t- I tell people this all the time. When healthy, I don't really see any holes offensively on any unit offensive yeah. line when yeah. it's healthy, it's not the best. Obviously it's not what it used to be, you know, with the Mark, the, the, you know, the DeMarco Murray years or the 2016 Z- hit Zeke's rookie. It's not that no, but it's still a pretty good offensive line along with yeah. the, obviously the three receivers on the outside Dalton Schultz has turned in. He's turned himself into yeah. a really good vertical threat that can take a hit. Um, and then the two running backs. And then with Dak, so, you know, I think that, like, they have no flaws. And then defensively, the turnaround, the oh, you, I mean, has been crazy. This, this defense is so optimistic. They get turnovers. I can remember, as a Cowboy fan, the defense would not get turnovers, and they would be horrible on third down. Now yes. they get two turnovers a game. And I can almost guarantee that they're gonna get a turnover each game because that's just what they that's just how they play now. So it's amazing. And we give, I feel like we give Mike McCarthy a lot. We give him a lot of a lot of heat, and rightfully so. But boy, he recognized a problem last year with Mike Nolan as a defensive coordinator. He brought in he brought in Dan Quinn. Dan Quinn has done a great job, and he he has these guys playing on the defensive side of the football. Uh, obviously, we know about the star. We know about the stars on defense: Micah Parsons, Trayvon Diggs, DeMarcus Lawrence, Randy Gregory's had a great year. I mean, you could just name so many guys along that defense that have played well. Um, Ron, so we talked about the Cowboys, and I know people don't want to hear us talk about and romanticize about the Cowboys, <laughs> but how about these Rams? Okay, uh, as I stated, uh, and, and I must say this. Let me say this. The Rams, out, out of all of the games that I have watched throughout this year, I've seen the Rams play two nearly perfect games. Those two games was the first game, I think it was versus week, I think it was week three versus Tampa. And they they pretty much, they, they, you know, they beat Tampa. They boat raced Tampa. And then it was the Monday night game. Uh, versus Arizona, where they rattled Kyler and they they turned them over a couple times and the Rams won that game. Matthew Stafford had some remarkable throws. Yeah. The Rams, at their best, look like the best team in football. Like, they they look like the best, if not top two. Like, they look really, really good. But then I see them, like, this past Sunday – where Stafford has three interceptions, uh, the running game is going. But for some reason, and I like Sean McVay a lot. I love Sean McVay. But for some reason, McVay continues to throw the ball. He gets real pass happy. Uh, the defense can have lapses at time. Give me your take on this Rams team. What, what, like? I mean, we know how good they are. I think their ceiling is a Super Bowl team. But I feel like yeah. if they get the wrong matchup, they might, be, they might get bounced in the first round.
1: Yeah, with the Rams, it's really interesting because like you said, they have that going like they're really talented. You have Jalen Ramsey, who I think is the best corner in the league. Aaron Agreed. Donald is the we the best defensive tackle. And Some people will argue the best player, period. If you just do by who's the next best guy and do that type of thing. Like he was on the NFL, you know, top 10 list. He's been number one before. So you have you have that guy on your defense. Uh And It's just a lot of good players. Like Cam Akers, somehow is a superhuman. You tore your Achilles five months ago. They say he's ramping up up to play this week. Cooper Cup is having an historically great season at the wide receiver position. Yes, and you still have Van Jefferson, who I think is really good, and you have Odell Beckham Jr., who's having like a small resurgence. So the team has a lot of talent, but it's just like Stafford. I like Stafford. Is he good? Like, can we gonna say is Stafford gonna beat Brady Rodgers? That no. I don't believe that he's of that caliber to do that. And I don't think he has that Eli Manning in him where he's just this, he he's just this OD clutch quarterback that's really down on the level of these guys, but can get clutch with anyone. There's no history of that. Even going back to college, like even from, from Georgia to now, from Georgia to Detroit to LA, he's never been this crazy. He's had a lot of fourth quarter comebacks, but like, he's just, he hasn't been like this extreme game changer. And even this year, They've been really good, but they haven't been like, oh, this is this is better than the Rams that they went to the Super Bowl. Like, they've been around that same level. Right. So he's changed things with with the deep passing game. Like you said, they've thrown the ball more. But I'm not even sure if him throwing the ball more this year has helped or hurt them. Because in some games, I think it's hurt them. Because they actually have a – like, Sonny Michelle's look really good. Like, Sonny Michelle's – Daryl Henderson looked really good earlier in the season. Yeah. And now Cam – they have a really – they have three running backs. I think they're really good. So uh, I think they need to maybe I'm I'm never a big let's run the ball more guy, but like in their case, the more balance is probably best for Stafford. It's just crazy though because Stafford's what he's thirty one or thirty two, but he has no playoff experience. Yeah, and this is the NFC. In the AFC, he might be able to get away with that, but NFC, you're going against Tom Brady. We know what he does. Seven Super Bowls. Aaron Rodgers, multiple NFC Championship appearances. Even Dak has had three games. Right. So it's just and then Kyler is another one that has no experience I think it's gonna hurt him maybe a little bit as well but the ex I'm gonna have to go with the experienced guys over as staffer especially at his age where it's like he's not like he's like he's already in this is his prime he's not getting better so it's like he needs to get some experience this year but the Rams can't wait their cap situation is really bad they have to win now. They're not in a. I, well, let's wait a year for Stafford to get some experience. Like so that's the scary part about the Rams. I hope they don't lose in round one. Unless they play the Cowboys, of course. But <laughs> I don't. You never know. Because what if they play Arizona again? Mm-hmm. Like I don't, I don't guarantee they'll be Arizona again. Like right. I think. they will.
0: I would pick Arizona.
1: them. Yeah, yeah, I would pick them. But like, would I be surprised if they lost? I wouldn't. So. It's, the Rams are gonna be a really interesting team. Like really, because if, if they spend all this money to lose in the wild card, it's gonna no one's gonna ever like do this ever again.
0: Yeah. I mean, and this is this been you you talk about their cap situation and their approach. This has been their approach over the last since since the Super Bowl year, like you know, aggressive, hyper aggressive, getting stars, getting star studded players, and you know, hoping that it pays off. And we we'll see if it works. Um, you mentioned it for, that's the thing. Stafford's going to have to win three games potentially versus Kyler and then Tom Brady and then Aaron Rodgers or Dak and Brady. Like he's going to have to, he's going to have to beat at least two elite quarterbacks. You know, yeah. he's going to have to be, he's going to have to beat at least two elite future hall of fame quarterbacks to get to the super bowl in route to it in route there so I'm um, I'm I'm really I'm really curious to see what happens with this Rams team. Like you said, the talent's yeah. there. I just want to see staff or What I, I'm just very curious to see what Stafford I'm getting. But like you said, I think a more balanced attack it would be and do for them because it, you know I, I when I think of Sean McVay and granted he was pissed off at at golf because golf couldn't do the things you know, down the field vertically with his arm. But now he has a guy that can do that with his arm. But like I said, I think, I feel like he gets too pass happy at times. And that's where they fall into these funks and the turnovers and so forth. So we'll keep an eye on that. We'll keep an eye on that. Now, let's finish off with Tampa and Arizona. Tampa have a lot of injuries. Uh, Tom, you know, I feel like, he unravels quicker in Tampa than he does than he did in New England. You know, I feel like you can rattle Tom a bit more in Tampa because you know, especially now with the lack of weapons and some of the guys being hurt. Give me your give yep. me your take on Tampa and your look.
1: Uh, I think Tampa is just really like so many injuries. Like God, like Levante David, they said is now spraying his MCL and ACL. They're claiming he's going to come back for the playoffs. Mm-hmm. That seems like a pretty high, Just to me personally, a sprint MCO and in two weeks. That, that that seems like a very steep task. Um, so you're, you know, you're now your best linebacker, Shack Barrett, is now hurt as well. Mm-hmm. The DBs have been hurt all year. Yep. Leonard has a hamstring injury. Uh, Mike Evans has a hamstring injury. Godwin's out for the year. A lot of injuries in Tampa Bay. But it's, at the end of the day, they have one guy. His name is Tom Brady. The offensive line is still intact. And we've seen Tom Brady win with just a junior element. Yeah. Literally. So, like, we've seen him, you know, with Danny amendola S guys. He still has Antonio Brown, who I think is still a one. I mean, we saw him last week. Antonio Brown is still really good. Yes. Like, he's still really good. And right now, Tampa Bay still has a number two scoring offense. They're number one in passing yards per game. Like, they're number two in yards per game, period. And they're still a top ten scoring defense, even with all the injuries. So I think they're still a really good team, and no one is going to sit here and say, "Yeah, I want to play the Bucks in the playoffs." Like no one said. Even with the injuries, you don't want to play Tom Brady in the playoffs, especially especially if he gets a home game. Like it's just no way. So they're an interesting team. I think they just just doesn't flock like their year to me, and I feel like this can easily get clipped and I can get on what's it ice cold takes because this is the biggest little Like I I just don't feel like It's their year. This is my personal opinion based on what I've seen. It just doesn't feel like their year. Also, I think what is it, Tom Brady? What he's probably what second in MVP right now?
0: Yeah. Third. Yeah.
1: But he's still like Brady's still playing at an elite level. He's forty three. He's playing or forty four. He's playing at an elite level. So they still have a chance because I think he's a top three QB currently. Now, so I, it's just I just I just don't think it's their year. They just have too many injuries. Too many guys lost. It's also like they just want to they they just want the Super Bowl. They're fatigued. Like. It's, just, it's going to be hard to run the table. and If they don't get the one seed, they'll have to win the wild card throughout as well. And this will be the second time they've done that. So I just I just don't think they'll have the juice to do it again.
0: Yeah, agreed. Uh, that was a great point. Um, you know, you made. They got to win three. Potential, maybe a potential, okay, they get a home game, but then they got to go back on the road dealing with all these injuries. It's a lot to ask, but Brady, and and you don't want to play the Bucks. And you know, Braves still play at an elite level, but I think you make a great point about their chances. And it 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 just don't seem like like it's same, like last year they got rolling towards the the latter part of their schedule. Guys were healthy. They added Antonio Brown. It like you could see them started to get started clicking offensively. Um, and it just seems like all the dominoes and all the chips just aligned in their favor last year. Doesn't feel like that this year. Now, Arizona, give me your take on Arizona. I feel like I'm not high on Cliff Kingsbury. I think he's an average coach at best. Uh, and I feel like with Arizona, if you can, if you limit the number of possessions, you cut down, you cut down, you cut down the time of possession, or you can run the football, and you cut down the possessions, uh, and you r- and you rattle and pressure Kyler a little bit, I feel like they're beatable. They're very much beatable. Give me your take on Arizona. They feel they feel more like a one-and-done team to me in the postseason.
1: They definitely feel like a one-and-done. And they started – they were, like, my, like, number one team for a long time, like, going like, – like, a month ago. And it's kind of falling off, though. And like, usually they're trending downward. A lot of teams are trending upward. That's the thing that's going to hurt them the most. The Kyler, second year in a row, he's been injured. At a key time, and I'm not gonna lie, that killed their momentum. Mm-hmm. DeAndre Hopkins, DeAndre Hopkins is out, and they said he can't return to the conference championship game, which I don't think they'll make. Right, so <laughs> the see In my in my look, I, they don't really have a number two. They have a lot of guys that can deck play, can get open. They drafted Rondell Moore. Not sure if that was the right pick. Just like I'm not sure if Collins was the right pick. Mm-hmm. They've been iffy on the draft picks. I think this Kyler is just really special in the defense, regardless of the top five scoring defense. And they're still top six in yards and third down efficiency. So it's still a really good team, but they're just not trending in the right direction. Kyler's just, it's really special. So maybe he can just have a special playoff game, but I don't think they're going to have enough without DeAndre Hopkins to win a playoff game.
0: Agreed. Yeah. They feel like, like I said, they feel like a one and done team um, in second straight year. And it seems like a trend where, They start off really hot. Kyler looks like, you know, Kyler last year and this year start off really hot, like an all pro caliber year. You know, all time high efficiency, along with the explosiveness um, with their offense and, you know, them being able to run the ball. They have found some type of running game. So maybe that'll help. But, uh, you know, second half of the season, Kyler gets hurt. Another trend, you know, Kip Cleansbury, he's, you know, getting out coach and. They just I don't know. They just seemed like a very much like a one and done team. Uh the JJ Watt injury was huge because uh, you know, the first six, seven weeks of the league in the season, they yeah. were leading the league in sacks. So, you know, it's just been a lot of just injuries or you know, dudes being out for a long time and it just slows down the momentum.
1: Yeah, definitely.
0: Yeah. Uh so What's up, y'all? You know, do you want some new sportswear? You want some new sports apparel? Want to rep your favorite team on any given day? Then what are you waiting for? What are you waiting for? Go to the47brand.com right now. Holiday sales. I'm sure they're going to have a Black Friday sale. Go check it out right now. Free shipping for orders, $75 plus. So you guys go over there to the 47 brand. They have your favorite teams from the MLB to the NHL to the NFL, NBA, or NCAA. It does not matter. The 47 brand has it. Go over there. Get something. Rep your favorite team any given day. Just go check out that sale. Before it runs out, go check it out. The 47 brand. Um, I want to get to your top 10 quarterback list uh i and i i have it for the people i will i'll display it while i read it out so i'm not good you gave me 16. no problem great and i like this list and i and, and, and this is my thing i see people come out with these tiers lists these quarterback tiers lists and these top 10. Really hard. It, it's it, it is really really hard and i try to give people the benefit of the doubt but sometimes people's lists are just bad so here's ron who here's ron's list and i think it's a really interesting list and i'm going i'm gonna read it out i'm gonna let him discuss it and break it down and give his criteria of it how he came up with it but at number one he has aaron Rodgers. at number two he has patrick mahomes at three he has tom brady at four he has josh allen at five he has dak prescott at six he has lamar jackson at seven he has kyler At 8, he has Russell Wilson. At 9, he has Justin Herbert. And at 10, he has Joe Burrow. And I must add, at 11, he has Matthew Stafford. So you can go ahead and break that down and, you know, give us your take and how you came up and formulated this list.
1: Yeah, I would say this list is based on – 70% Seventy percent this year, about thirty percent historical, previous season context. Because wow. you, I mean, you never do a list on just one year. It's just, it's just too hard. But I do, you know, I want to put a lot of this year into it. I think, like we talked about earlier, that Rogers is the MVP of the league. Yes, he's right now. where Rodgers has thrown thirty-three touchdowns. He only has four interceptions. <laughs> Absolutely insane for the volume of throwing that the team has been doing. Um, he's just really efficient. I had, and then for my number two, I had Mahomes. Mahomes was, was my number one the previous two years. So even though he said maybe he had a quote unquote down year to some people, he still was number one quarterback last year. And he still had a really good year. And I think he's a part of the top like seven MVP candidates. So it's not like he's just completely out of the discussion if it was a top 10 MVP list. Brady has, is, we see he's leading in passing yards. He just, had, he just had a really good year. 37, 37 touchdowns, 11 interceptions, number one passing offense, number two yardage offense, really good year. Josh Allen is four. At first, I had Dak over him, but then I didn't really include the rushing. Dak has just not been good running the ball this year. Not that your quarterback has to be, but when you are, it adds to your package. Yeah. Josh Allen has like 90-plus like running grade for pro football focus. Elite <laughs> from the quarterback in that way. And he's also just you know having to throw thirty four touchdowns, twelve picks, four thousand yards. Really good year from Josh Allen. Now that I have Dak, Lamar, Kyler, that list is people people can twist and I thought like that's the list where people will want to twist and turn some people. I have Dak higher because I mean, just going off playoff success, Dak has has had three really good playoff games in his career. Just overall, the other two guys really haven't. Lamar's had some really bad playoff games. Kyler's never been. Also this year, I mean, Dakinson is a number one quarterback against under pressure. Uh, he still had a really good statistical year with 29 and 10. Um, Lamar and Kyler, well, Kyler's 21 and 10. Lamar is not even top 20 right now in passing yards. So, but overall, we they bring the dual threat to the game as well. So I think they still deserve to be there. And Lamar Jackson is still an MVP former, and Kyler Murray was the favorite MVP, I would say like maybe the first like six to seven weeks.
0: Yeah, until, until basically was, until he got hurt.
1: Yeah, until he got hurt, he was the MVP favorite. So it's not like, oh, Kyler's having a down year. No, he's having a really good year. But just the injury, is going to knock you down a little bit. It's the second year in a row he's been injured. Right. Now, eight, I have Russell Wilson, who before I had a top four quarterback. Mm-hmm. So I, he's really, truthfully, only even on the list because of historical context. He's not a top ten year. He just He hasn't. But I still think he has that in him, and I don't want to give the young guys a boost over him already. This is this is the first time having a good year. So I think that's the only, the only reason why Russell, why Russell Wilson is at number eight. Now, to finish off my list, we have Justin Herbert at nine, Joe Burrow at 10, and Matthew Stafford at 11. People are going to be like, bro, I, I think Stafford's a top five guy. How is he not even on your top ten list? <laughs> I do I think Stafford's had a really good year. I don't think he's had a better year than Burrow, who's again has had the number one passing grade by Pro Football Focus. You have to believe in PFF, but that just shows you how good of a year passing he's had. Um, Herbert, I think it's just, just is is really Stafford, but just more special than me. He just makes more special plays. Now he's thrown three pick sixes, so maybe we have to put that on there. He's had bad games just like Stafford, but I. I think even as a McVay, even for this season, I think I would still rather have Justin Herbert as my quarterback going into the playoffs than I would rather have Matthew Stafford. Also, I think Herbert with the with a mcvay as coach for a year would look even different than this, than we see him right now. Now, Stafford's had a really good year. I think that's why I, I, a, a, it's a great argument for him to be a top 10 or even a top seven guy, but I just don't trust him yet. He's given us nothing to trust him like nothing and he's had a good year but he's had multiple good years and it's just it hasn't turned into anything so I just need I need Stafford to give me something to trust him for then he's had some like the one I think it was the 49ers game um the Packers game mm-hmm. and then left with Vikings I'm like this is this he, I don't know he just, he's looked really bad and he said he's, a, he's a without really injured. the Cooper Cup hasn't missed the game right Man Jefferson hasn't missed a game. Like the offensive line has been kind of the same. The defense has been kind of the same. Like they they're their good the team has pretty been pretty healthy. Yeah. So out of all the teams in the league, the Rams haven't really faced any injuries. Like there's Aaron Donald hasn't missed a game. Ramsey hasn't missed a game. Uh, Andrew Whitworth hasn't missed a game. Like they haven't lost any big players like the other teams. And they still have been fluctuating. So I think that's why Stafford hasn't did make the top 10 list.
0: Okay, and I think this is so. This is this is an excellent top ten list. I, I and could like I said, could 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 the argument be made for Stafford being a top ten list, a top ten guy? Yeah. Because I'm looking at his numbers, you know. Uh, obviously, he got 11 and four record. He's completing nearly 67 percent of his passes, 4,300 yeah. passing yards, eight yards per attempt, 36 touchdowns with 13 picks. You know, he, he's had a great year. Um and it's I think he's on pace to become the fastest quarterback to fifty thousand passing yards, which is kind of weird, but that's just a little stat right there. But Stafford, you make a great point. I, I'm not even mad. Like with your with your point, I see why you have him at eleven. Um. I think and you mentioned it like Herbert has a defensive minded coach in Brandon Staley and sometimes that could work for your quarterback because if your head coach is a defensive minded guy he could tell you to like he could he could coach you through some of the concepts and some of the schemes that you're seeing but I still think like a quarterback of Herbert's of, of Herbert's caliber having a offense or I mean, could you imagine him having an offensive guru and an offensive mind like Sean McVay on the sidelines with him? I I I I think you make a great point. I think Herbert's ceiling would be a little bit higher than Matthew Stafford's is, and I and I hate to do this because like we did the same thing for golf. Like, oh, what if what if you know McVay had another quarterback? You know, his ceiling would be higher, you know. But I I, I do feel that way. I feel like if you gave Herbert a guy of Sean McVay's ilk, offensively, I do think he will have a higher ceiling than Matthew Stafford. Um, and Joe Burrow, I think he might win Comeback Player of the Year because you mentioned yeah. it. I mean, I tell people, I tell my listeners this all the time: go, pro, go get, go subscribe to Pro Football Focus. And you know, like Pro Football Focus, it, it it it's like the Bible. It's like the NFL Bible. You go get, you subscribe to that. It. it, it Joe Burrow, you look at some of his numbers. You, you, as you mentioned, we mentioned already early on the pod. He has, I think, he's the highest graded passer this year. Uh, I think, I think Brady, I think it's him, yeah. Brady and Herbert, or something like that. I, th- I think it's something like that. So I don't, I don't know, but
1: yeah, it's something like that. yeah, yeah.
0: Burrow. You know, I'm not mad with you having Burrow at ten. And then it does help that, you know, he, he's coming off of a 525 with performance and four touchdowns where he just lit it up. Um, also, we can get into the second half of your list as well, where I feel like, as you said, the top the top five, I feel like shouldn't be much of an argument. Rodgers, you mentioned it, you know, Patrick Mahomes. It's funny how we talk about some of these quarterbacks, like, some of these quarterbacks get into slumps like Dak. He had a slump a couple weeks ago. Mahomes had his slump. And we call these down phases and down slumps. But I look at Patrick Mahomes. This is this is a down year for Patrick Mahomes, right? Well, yeah, he only he's only completing 66% of his passes. He only has 4300 passing yards, 33 touchdowns, 13 interceptions. Like <laughs> that's his down year. I love it. I love it when we I love it when we, you know, we, we we talk about these quarterbacks and we down them for having slumps or so forth, or so forth. but then we look at the numbers, it's like, oh, uh, yeah. Number one seed, 30 plus touchdowns, still four thousand, like still amazing. Um, so I, I feel like there should be no argument with that with that. I feel like we get into a little bit of it where okay, you have Derek Carr at 12, uh Jimmy G at 13. Carson Wentz at 14, Kirk Cousins at 15, Tannehill at 16. I would imagine, in your opinion, or this is just my opinion, I'm going to say that, the gap between Carr and the guys that I named all the way down to Tannehill, the gap isn't as wide, even though I think Derek Carr for years has been underrated. Yeah. So, can you explain the the ordering of those of those guys? Uh that's listed from what twelve to seventeen or sixteen?
1: Yeah, that was really hard. This is the one I probably like that. People are like, what? How do you have like this this is the hardest part is these type of bottomless, right? Because it's like I like Tannehill. He's not having his best season, but they somehow have won ten games without anyone playing. So like his stats don't look good, but they're, they again have ten wins without Derrick Henry, AJ Brown's games, Julio Jones' games. So I have like I have to put him on the list somewhere. But like where does he go? Wentz is also having a good year, but it's like they they have the number one rushing. They have a, the number well they have the number two rushing attack without a running quarterback. That's amazing, right? So. Like they've been good. Uh, Kirk Cousins actually, his statistical year, he was actually at one point like a top three rated uh, quarterback by Pro Football Focus. I don't know where he is now, but he, he was he's having a really good like statistical year. But we all know what the winning looks like. He's almost cost them multiple games this year. Jared Carr was uh, was an early MVP favorite, top like only first three weeks realistically, but he started off really high. He's kind of cooled down, and then Jimmy G's coming off a terrible week. I probably would actually drop him. After this week, <laughs> but just historically, he's just like he's just won game, he's been to a Super Bowl. You know, I'm just kind of giving him is more so like he's like a 50-50, like 50% this season, 50% historical. I'm just giving him a boost, and just based on like whence is coming off of a bad season, right? Like Jimmy G has no quote unquote bad year, right? He just has three years, which count too. But it's just like so Jimmy G's like this is probably Jimmy G's like what one of his worst seasons, I would say, is this year. Yeah. And they're still like in the playoff hunt. He's missed games. Like, so that's kind of how I came up with that list. I have Derek Carr, you know, first of that tier. I think he's just had the best year. Jimmy G from historical contents wins because he's he's just been he's become like a new QB. He's been like less, he's been more efficient, which is good for him. Kirk Cousins has had probably the best statistical year out of all of these guys, but he's Kirk Cousins. So we we know what he is at the end of the day. Nintendo Hill has not had a good statistical year at all, but they have 10 wins. They've beaten three really good teams, and all of his good players have not played. So it's like, wait a minute. Something is going on here, though. Like, they, again, they've beaten really good. I think, I think then they they beat the Rams, if I'm not mistaken.
0: They beat the Rams.
1: Like, yeah, they've beaten the Rams, but like they've beaten really good teams.
0: Really year, good so. teams, actually. Yeah, they've beaten Kansas City, Buffalo, 49ers.
1: Like, they Really good teams this year. So it's like they've beaten these teams. Wait, and Derek Henry has missed some of these games. AJ Brown again has missed like four or five games. Julio Jones is a shell of himself. He's <laughs> he's been he's won one good game this season period. <laughs> yeah. So it's just like, you know, as much as I love Julio, he just hasn't been that guy this year. He had like one catch the last game that they, they needed him most. So it's just I that's why I had to put that's why and I wanted to end the list with Tannehill Hill because I, I was gonna maybe put Mac Jones ahead of Tannehill. Now yes but he, again this is like his first year like i mean you could give it an argument but it means his first year into it like they're probably the guys that somehow find their way following this list and after that it's a cutoff. like it's a big gap like i think after there is a real drop off like it's it's after really after stafford i'm probably looking to be honest yeah after stafford i'm probably looking for a guy like yeah. i mean yeah, you're my guy but i'm probably like, in the back of my head like okay somehow we get like, the top five pick and a guy's there, like, next year, Bryce Young, like, man, I like you, but he's a guy. Like, so it just – it really is going to depend. I think you can make an argument, even with Stafford, because Stafford's getting a little old, that if they somehow came into contact with a high pick, they like, well, we like Stafford. We gave up a lot for him. But if a guy's there they really like, you, they probably take him too. It's, it's crazy. quarterback thing is really crazy because you really take quarterbacks, like – how, it's just we see Jordan Love and Aaron Rodgers. It mm-hmm. doesn't happen. To us. It just doesn't happen. Like it's just so. It's just it's just a very weird position. But that's exactly how I came up with the list.
0: Yeah, um, and that's and and see that's the thing. That's what I like about. That's what I need more people to do about their tears because then because I feel like you're right. There's a cutoff point, and I and I say this all the time to my listeners. when we break down? Because I so. Usually, like, right before the season starts, uh, the athletic, I usually like their quarterback list, their quarterback tiers list. And they come up with this tiers list. Yeah. And, like, there is a cutoff point. And usually, like you said, around that 11, 12 range is a cutoff point. Now, if you got, like I said, if you got one of these guys in the top 10, you're fine. But, like, after 11 and 12, it's like, okay, the guy that you have, He's good, decent, but he needs he needs certain things and parts to be around it. He needs great coaching. He needs a great defense. He, you know, he needs elite playmakers on the outside. He needs a running game. You know, so I think and that's if you know you go you get into that territory, I think that's the cutoff point, like you said, where you're, you know, back in your mind, like in the next year or two, I need to be looking for a guy. Like, you know, i.e. the 49ers. The 49ers, you know, granted, like you said, when Garoppolo's on the field, he wins games, but they, like, uh, th- there's a ceiling. Like, yeah. Garoppolo has peaked, and we need to go We need to go leapfrog in the draft, and we need to go reach and get our guy a, or potentially our guy in Trey Lance. Um. So, great point, and I think, like you said, th- I, I think that's the big – Sometimes that's where people miss the mark with these tiers lists. Where I think there's a lot of fandom and like a lot of home, like, there's a cutoff point. Like, I'm sorry to break it to you, but Kirk Cousins isn't going to win your Super Bowl. You like, he has, and it's so crazy to me because, like, for instance, and I'm just using Kirk Cousins as an example. He has an elite running back, he has two like all caliber, all pro type of receivers. Uh, Mike Zimmer is a decent coach. Not great, but decent. Like, you're just not... At some point, you reach a ceiling, and especially with the money that they're paying Kirk, like, you got to move off of guys sooner yeah. rather than later. And, and if
1: I draft the Vikings drafted Kellerman too. People forget that. I mean, Kellerman what was that top three? It was a top 100 pick yeah. at the quarterback. And Kellerman was a, Was that quarterback that people had, like, six. Like, Like, I mean... Like, he was, like, a 6. He also dropped a 10 on your QB list. He was one of those type of polarizing guys. I haven't heard anything about him, though. But I think the Vikings are like, we, we kind of have a guy if Kirk gets a little old in the tooth or he starts to play a little bad, we have another guy. The, with, the thing that's hard about Kirk Cousins, I've always made fun of Washington football team fans, though, is that he's, he's statistically he's always been amazing. He's always probably going to be amazing, and he makes other players play better. Justin Jefferson broke a record, most yards ever. In the first two seasons from a receiver, people are like, Well, I, I wish Terry McLaurin had a quarterback. I'm like, Well, they had a guy, uh, probably the, the most acrobat in the history of their franchise, and they let him go. <laughs> like, and, and so it's it, it, he's one of the type of quarterbacks he's so hard to rate because I don't want if he's my quarterback, I would probably shoot myself in the head. It's like right. Westbrook, like Hall of Fame player. Well, I'm, I mean, Kirk is not all of fame, but he's a really good player. But it's like, if he's on my team, like, this is it's tragic but like, he's good looking at from a distance
0: he's cool from a distance <laughs> right, yeah. right 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 yeah. he, he's he might be like Kirk might be that like that girl they like oh you know she, she looks she looks okay right she's fine then yeah, it's like you get into a relationship yeah. it's like uh so many red flags that's Kirk yeah. Cousins that's that's Kirk Cousins uh, great point right there about Kirk, uh, and I, like I said, I just use Kirk Cousins as an example. I'm not banging on Kirk; just using them an example. Now, uh, can you give us your top ten teams uh, of you know going into going into week
1: seventeen?
0: Yeah, week seventeen. Top ten teams, uh, if you would like to, or I can go first. It doesn't matter. Um,
1: get minds real quick i won't i we can just go back and back and then we can talk about it okay so we we, we talked about a lot of teams already a lot So yeah this won't be a surprise to anyone but so first i have the green bay packers as the, the nfc favorite then i have the kansas city chiefs as the afc favorite yep. then for my three I have the dallas cowboys the number one contender as my four the los angeles rams as the five the bucks and then we don't get to my afc contender until number six which is the buffalo Bills. Mm. Seven, I have Tennessee. It's just, just because of who they have beat. Like, they just beat a lot of good teams. Eight, I have Arizona. Nine, New England. Ten, the Colts. I actually don't even have the, the Bengals in my top ten list. That was a very hard kick out. But when I started looking at this thing, I'm like, oh, they're actually really hard to get into the top ten. So, they're yeah. probably like 11.
0: Okay. So, my list consists of Kansas City at number one uh Green Bay at number 2 then I have the Dallas Cowboys at 3 um along with the Rams at 4 then I have the Buff- I have the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at 5 uh the B- the the Colts at 6 the Bills at 7 uh then who we have okay I have the Patriots at 8 Tennessee at 9 and Cincinnati at 10 Oh God! He's like, you kicked Arizona out of the list. I kicked Arizona <laughs> off of the list. I did. I kicked.
1: I'm not bad at it. And, 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 yeah. Like
0: I said, it's a week to week thing, so they could be back on next week. Yeah. But I kicked them off of the list. That is my top ten list. Um, I, I think I, I have. I, so I noticed I have Indy a bit higher than you, and I'm gonna say this for Indianapolis. I, I because I told people right before they went on this huge streak, I I I, I thought Indianapolis was was going to win the AFC South. It they they that's that's still pretty much in play. I don't know if it's yeah, going to okay. happen though. Um, but I looked at their schedule at the beginning of September and I said they're going to struggle. Because they had, I think they had Seattle, they had the Rams, they had Baltimore. It was just a gauntlet of really, really good teams. Um, they had, And they played Seattle when, like, Russell Wilson was healthy. They played Seattle in week one, uh, not Seattle right now. So they had a gauntlet of just really good teams. But I was like, at some point, this team, they have the ingredients, offensive line, D-line, uh, I think with John with the running game, an uh, uh, emerging star in Jonathan Taylor, I didn't know he was going to have an MVP caliber year, but <laughs> I thought he would be an emerging star, not an emerging superstar. Uh, I, I also like Michael Pittman, and I thought with Carson Wentz being back with Frank Wright, I thought he'd be able to turn it around, which he has. The Colts, yeah. to me, feel like a team, and I know I mentioned Buffalo as a legit contender or, mm-hmm. um, or a team that could give that can give fits to Kansas City potentially. But I also feel like Indianapolis, would it surprise me if this team made it to the AFC Championship game? No. I feel like Indianapolis would make the NFC could can make the AFC Championship game if the cards align itself. Uh I just feel like with them being able to pound you up front, having the best unit offense on the offensive line, I I just like what this team is made out of. Um, so that's why I'm pretty much high on them because I, I'm not going to say I saw this run coming, but I knew at some point they would start to get it going because their schedule loosened up on the back end.
1: Yeah. Uh, the Colts also beat the Bills. So, I mean, I would not mad against people putting them out of the Bills. The Colts technically have beat them. Right. I just, the, my eyes is a little projecting to the. Okay. Of is because it is because it, it it's probably like yours is probably more week to week. Like that's probably that's pretty fair. Like Arizona is again they're on a downturn. It's like but I'm probably still a little higher than them because they were my number one team again like a month ago. So just from, go from the number one team in the middle of the season to not a top ten team is like a crazy fall from God. Yeah. <laughs> so, but uh, yeah, I mean the Colts are a really hot team right now. The Bengals are also really hot, and New England. And Arizona are kind of the teams that have been kind of falling. So I'm I'm not mad at the list. I mean, the Colts, I mean, they've been really good. The defense has been Darius Leonard is probably like, was he the best linebacker in the league right now? Him or maybe like Fred Warner. Yeah. I guess people say Michael, but Mike is like, you know, he's like a edge, really. So uh Darius that has been like really good this year. Like he's been like in like all pro, he's probably like one of the guys that him and Fred Warner. They're considered Eric Kendricks, too. Um the corners, it's crazy because they don't even have like like these names.
0: Mm-mm. Kenny Moore need- yeah. and Xavier Woods.
1: Yeah, like they wrote. They've they have yeah. they have just been good though. Like I don't know, they they they're like okay guys, but it's just like the scheme. The scheme is like they get sacks, no guy. I mean, they have DeForest Buckner, but besides him, like there's not that many guys there. Like they just produce. So. I think the Colts have been a good team. I have a lot of Colts fans listening to the m show, so I'll make sure you listen to this because we've talked about them a good amount today. So, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I like what the – and also Frank Wright, I think, is a good coach. Yeah. I think they're a little bump. I think Vrabel might be better, though. And I think the Titans, saying, I think the Titans might have swept the Colts. Yeah, they did. I think – so it's going to be hard for them to win the division because there's only two games left and you swept another team, it's going to be, I didn't have to probably lose out, yeah. which would be tragic if that happens. So uh, I think the, the Titans will hold onto to the division, and it's going to be hard for the Colts to probably win out from the wild card.
0: Right. Yeah, and, and with Arizona, and let me explain Arizona, because yeah. even when they were hot and rolling, I was still a little bit skeptical. I had them number one a couple times, But I was very, I was still just skeptical about them, and like I said, I've noticed a trend with with Arizona these last couple years where start off hot, then there's a couple injuries. Usually, it's to Kyler. Kyler, you know, uh, I think, and I I told people this last week. I because I went on somebody else's podcast and I was like, I think the book is starting to be written on Kyler. You rough him up, you rattle the game, you slow down the game, and you you get physical with him. You can see that sometimes or he and he does it a lot. I've noticed where he's getting pressured in the pocket or you know he's trying to you know look for a target down the field and he throws the ball but then he quickly just turns away like his whole body just turns away like like he's avoiding yeah. trying to get hit. I see that very often. Um so and then I see the body language and so forth. So that's the thing with Arizona where I was I've always been highly skeptical and not so much on Kyler because I like Kyler. I think Kyler's highly dynamic. It's more so on the coaching side with Cliff Kingsbury. I was just never convinced that Cliff Kingsbury It still it still haunts me to this day that Cliff Kingsbury at Texas Tech, his alma mater, fired him. I, I just I just can't I just can't i can't unsee that yeah. i can't unsee that your arm your own alma mater fired you and then you know you landed into this job with arizona because you had a great connection great camaraderie with 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 Kyle mary but i'm just still not convinced that he is a good coach i think at best he's average and we talk about the quarterbacks that kyler could potentially play but i'm also looking at the coaches that Cliff Kingsbury is going to have to potentially coach against. We're talking about Bruce Arians. We're talking about Sean McVay. We're talking about you know Matt Lafleur. We're talking about Mike McCarthy. We're talking about coaches that have either one playoff games or one Super Bowls. And I, I'm I can't I can't trust I can't trust uh uh Cliff Kingsbury. I'm just just not sold on it. So that's why I dropped um that's why I dropped uh, uh Arizona, and then with New England, like I said. Their margin for error is so small. And in the postseason, I just feel like you need talent. You need playmakers. You know, I I, I don't think it's no surprise that the favorites that we're mentioning, like, you know, Kansas City, Green Bay, Buffalo, Dallas, like you look at them, they're built very similarly, where they got playmakers on the outside. Their margin for error is wider than other teams because they have the talent on either side of the ball to make up for it. And with New England, they're a they have a great. I, th- I feel like they have a really good defensive unit, um, and their coaching obviously is great. But offensively, they have to play a certain type of style to win. And sometimes I'm just wondering. I'm like, hey, what happens when Josh Allen is rolling? What happens when Mahomes is rolling? And now you got to come from behind. That's where I feel like New England struggles. So I I dropped them due to that.
1: Yeah, I'm not gonna lie, like out of my top ten teams was he's probably the worst coach. Now, out of yours with the Zach Taylor, I think he might be better than Zach. Zach has a better like tree that he comes from Mm -hmm. with and all those coaches being good, like LaFleur, like so maybe you give the edge of Zach Taylor, but like those like the (laughs) those guys, I'm just not so like Vrabel, I like Vrabel. That's another I mean he's not a Bill Belichick disciple, but he played for the team. Right. So I think he somewhat counts. So, like, I just – all the other coaches are pretty good. Like, it's just kind of Zach and, and um, Cliff Kingsbury. I'm like, mm, y'all are probably holding the quarterbacks. Like, Burrow and Kyler number one picks. Yep. Average coaches. hopefully they not hold them back.
0: Yep. I, I agree. Um, Yeah, I, I feel like uh, I had Tennessee – you mentioned Vrabel. I think – and, you know – they've won games, you know, they're 10 and five Vrabel, I think a lot of his culture and what he instills in that team, I think despite not having their best players period still keeps them alive. Um, But I think this pretty much wraps it up. I don't want to hold you any much, any much longer. Uh, There's anything you also want to get into or talk about or dive into. We can, but like I said, you know, we talked about the AFC NFC, uh yeah. i we I, I i love your quarterback list, so I wanted to talk about it and then now the top ten teams for the week so i'm you know like i said, thank you for coming on i greatly appreciate you if there's anything else you want to talk on we could we can
1: yeah um no i think i think we we kind of explained everything in depth from each team to yeah. each quarterback just to who's high who's not like we've we've done i think we i think we've gotten to it again you know thanks for letting me on the podcast.
0: Yeah, no problem. For sure. Absolutely. Um, like I said, I, I will all, I will be sure to leave the links in the description so you guys can check out the M and R show where on w- whatever platform uh that you please. Uh but like I said, uh I greatly appreciate you, Ron, coming on, stopping by on the pod. You're welcome anytime. Uh always a great insightful talk. Uh and I wish you to, I wish you luck.
1: Yes, for sure. Thanks. Thanks, man. No problem. Be sure you tune
0: in. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I got you. And uh, without further ado, I'm going to let you guys go. Uh, this I think this is a wrap it up. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode of, of the Isaiah Kid podcast. Um, I'll be back. Uh, I'm going to try to give you guys a, a, a Saturday episode. Maybe we'll do some college football or whatever. But uh, without further ado, let you guys go. Always remember, two choices, one decision. I'm out. Peace. Deuces.